Hello and welcome to GG Weekend Watch with me. I'm back again, Rob Plumbridge, and joining me once again is Daryl Carter and Andrew Mount. Loads to look forward to this week. We've got racing from Ripon, Newmarket and Newbury. But first of all, we're going to give ourselves a little pat on the back for last week. Four winners out of the 11. Um, starting with Daryl Carter's nap, uh, Mr. McCam romping home at Haydock, um, followed by winners in the Shergar Cup of uh, the Max We Can, a whopping nine to one selection for Andrew Mount. Daryl and Andrew both picked Pride of Priory as well at three to one. And then myself and Andrew rounded off the day with the day in Asia and finishing off the Shergar Cup. So, without further ado, um, let's dig out some more winners for this week. We've got um, nine live races in total, starting with the 120, the Bet Victor Handicap at Newbury. And uh, let's say hello, first of all, to Andrew Mount. Yeah, greetings, Rob. Yeah, well done last week with your debut. You were very confident, weren't you, about uh, a day in Asia? So, uh, hope broken you were... Clock, broken clock. Yeah, 11, 11s into fours. I hope, you, I hope that was all your money. Because it was... All uh, yeah. but yeah. It was only a little bit of mine. Um, yes, yeah, some good stuff today, actually. And uh, small, smallish fields, as you'd expect, um, given the state of British racing, plus the uh, the quick ground at the moment. Um, you know, this is a bit of a tricky one to, uh, to kick off with. Been a bit of a, been a race for three-year-olds in recent years. Six of the last eight were three-year-olds, and uh, the two older horses were ones who nicked the race on the front end. But you look, it, that's not a particularly helpful stat because we've got six of the eight runners are three-year-olds uh, this time around. Having gone through the lot of them, though, I kept coming towards the four-year-old General Lee for Paul and Oliver Cole. Uh, he's got a great record in uh, the high summer, sort of June, July, August. Uh, first, second, and third, or third and six of his seven runs. The, the only unplaced effort coming last time out on his uh, glorious Goodwood when he'd been off the track for about four months. And uh, that run would have been needed. He was poorly drawn towards the outside in the Jero's race, a horse that uh, uh, Daryl tipped. And, he, you know, he was a 14 to one shot as well. So I thought with that run behind him, uh, at the time of year, he goes well out. And even though he's, you know, up against horses getting that three-year-old weight for age allowance, I thought generally eight to one was the uh, the tentative pick in the race. Lovely. Nice big price to start us off. And uh, how about you, Daryl? Yeah, tentative is probably the right word that Andrew used there because this is not a race that makes loads of a feel, in all honesty. Um, the, the two at the top of the market, this friend tank, I, I'm not entirely sure he's well handicapped. I think he wants a straight course as well, just to keep it simple. Um it's a bit of a similar story, but it's definite for Ralph Beckett, who I did come down on narrowly over over Rogue Rocket. Uh, I just thought there was stacks of improvement to come from definite. Um, the free runner race at Nottingham last time, I, I just thought it was a bit of a messy affair. Um, I didn't think he was entirely at home on the track. And I, I, you just watch him, and it's, there is definitely scope for improvement to come from him. Um, I think the tongue tie going on first time would be a big help. And I think he's going to try and dominate this field from the front in in uh, in stall three. So I'm hoping that he gets a clear run of things and perhaps could just uh, see him all off from the front. Lovely stuff. And, and and like you said, small fields, certainly a sign of the times. And with that, we move on to the William Hill Ripon Hornblower condition states. Um, just the five runners here. Um, straight back to you, Daryl. Yeah, it's a joke, isn't it? I mean, like, 
how much more evidence do they need to to really get yeah. together get their heads down and try and literally save racing from disaster and try and consolidate these races i mean you've just got to look at like this today we've got the thursday today we've got the sovereign states at uh, at salisbury uh a group two over or group three over seven furlongs and on saturday we've got hungerford over a mile you know they're they're far too close together we're splitting fields up unintentionally and I mean, this race is only on TV because we've lost the consolation race with the Great St Wilfred, which is yeah. uh, which is just stupid. We don't feel the Great St Wilfred. Um, anyway, the, the one for you, Ripon. Yeah, I, I, again, I struggled with this race. To be honest, I, I thought from a time time perspective, I thought uh, Prince of Perlo or, or Wen Moon would be the two to focus on. I like the fact that Wen Moon is uh, was strong at the finish over five furlongs and has course experience here at Ripon. The undulating track at Ripon um, can, you know be a bit of a pain to some of these two-year-olds um honor honor your dreams is the other one who's got a bit of um course experience but sort of seems to be on a downward turn already uh for adrian paul keely uh i i just i just wanted something that was going to be ridden prominently perhaps grab the rail that's the angle i like to look at ripon um so you're normally looking for a high draw uh, and i thought when moon just might be tough to catch if uh if getting getting his own way on the front end when Moon for Darrell, how about you, Andrew? I thought New Definition would um, win. He was beaten in a three-runner race at Musselburgh last time. He was an odds-on favourite that day. Uh, now, he looked sure to win that, but he was racing off the rail. There was a massive rail bias in the five furlong races that day. And uh, the winner, uh, who's sort of made the running, been headed by New Definition, dropped back. He thought, well, that's it, game over. And someone certainly thought that because he was matched at the uh, max Betfair maximum of 1,000 in running. He's rallied on the fence on the quickest strip of ground and won narrowly. So I think people will sort of see that as though a disappointing run from New Definition and he might be perhaps a slightly bigger price than he um, he should be here. So I thought if you swapped, uh, swapped um, track positions that day, uh, New Definition would have won quite easily and probably be um, you know, the one to bet here. But again, at, at the time of recording, we've only just found out that this is a televised race. And uh, we haven't got any prices to go by as well. So it's a bit difficult to sort of um, pin your nails. Uh, pin, your na <laughs> pin your nails. Pin your right. colours to a particular mess. So, I, know, I know what I meant. Oh, excellent. Well, no selection for me in this. But um, we'll, we'll move on with that to the 155 Denford Stakes. And uh, Andrew, who are you pinning your nails to in uh, in this one? Yeah, my... Um, this is yeah an interesting race, this one, actually. And uh, you, you look at this race, it's been a front-runner's benefit over the years. It's very hard to come from off the pace. Last 10 years, we've had four front-running winners, uh, five prominent races, only one horse has come from off the pace. And, I mean, victory down to head to the market, I can see um, five to four on. What uh, was beaten last time out? And you look at that race and, you know, the... Is it the third? I think has come out and been well beaten since. Um, you know, he only that was dark thirty. I know that one was well behind uh, Victory Dance and Isaac Shelby, but I wasn't totally taken by the value of that form, and uh, I, I just thought there might be a bit of value in going with the Charlie and Mark Johnson runner uh, Ferrari Queen. It's a race the Johnson Yards done well in over the years. This one was an easy win from the front at Kempton last time out. We know what she's going to do. She's just going to ping and go, and she, you know, she might be able to stay there, or perhaps at least run second to the favourite. Um, but I'd, I'd be quite happy to back Ferrari Queen here and hope that she can hold on. Ferrari Queen, Andrew. Ah, 
I'll make my first selection of the of the week, and um, I, I I just thought Victory Dance will win this. I think she'll be he'll be far too good for these. Um, obviously, Group Two company last time dropping down in grade, so be um, a confident pick maybe to sort of double double up with a couple of the others later on. But um, Daryl, how, how did you see it? Yeah, exactly the same as you. I thought Victory Dance would be very difficult to beat. I I wouldn't take that rating of one hundred and five too literally though. Uh, right next to his name, um, he was about nine limbs slower. Then the Bunbury Cup winner on the card at Newmarket when when beat the head boys at Shelby, uh, probably put him about ten pounds below that, around that hundred and five. So um, he's probably not top rated in his field, in my opinion. But I just love the attitude. I love the way he grounded out. Um, I know he was touched off a head, but you know, stride after the line, he'd have been in front. The stride before the line, he was in front. So um, I I do like him. The fact that William Buick's here to ride, uh, he's always a good tout out. Uh, James Doyle, I think, goes to, to Newmarket where they've got a couple of other runners. I, yeah, I think Victory Dance would be very tough to beat. I wouldn't want to be taking him on at all. Yeah, absolutely. So myself and Daryl backing the boys in blue. And now and we go back down to Newmarket, um, another five-runner race, uh, Discover Newmarket, Billy's Handicap. Um, Daryl, let's, let's go with you again. What race is this? <laughs> the 210. Oh, the 210. I don't think I've looked at this one, Rob. Show me to go. You yeah, you you go yeah, this is um, one of, well, am I allowed to nap a horse to finish second? Because uh, single uh, doesn't win very often. She's two from 37. She's finished second on nine occasions. She was second in this race last year. Um, she's a typical Mick Shannon horse and that she's probably been overfaced and running in races that she's going to struggle to win. Um, but she, she does try. And uh, you can bet horses to finish exactly second with some bookmakers. Sky bets um, do that particular offer. And of course, you could use the tote. You just back, um, you know, the exactors, the, the other four runners to win, single to finish second, or even do a trifecta, uh, any horse to finish first and third, single to finish second. I think she'll find one to beat her again. That seems to be her forte. And um, so, yeah, that, that would be my, um, my bet, you know, four forecasts. Everything else to beat single. That's an exotic. Well, Hopefully, Daryl can come up with a winner in the last uh, 60 seconds he's had to look at this race. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, Kate wouldn't let you nap that, but um, under my watch, it's it's all good, Andrew. So we'll, we'll let you get away from that. <laughs> Daryl, what, what finishes first? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> I like. If I came up with like a selection now, I'd be a fraud. And honestly, I have I just I just generally miss this off the list, Rob. So don't fire me, but I uh, apologise. I have to skip this one. No, that's okay. So um, the T10, go and make yourself a brew, um, and just wait for the T30, the bet victor, Jeffrey Freer states. Daryl, have you got the winner for this? Have I got the winner for this? Um, I don't know. This is quite difficult. Um, this is quite a, a tough little race. I would definitely, definitely, one hundred percent be against this favourite Zachariah, though, because I don't think that uh, I don't think he's the strongest over this trip. So I'd, I'd one hundred percent want to be against him. Um, I thought away he goes was very interesting, and there's been a little bit of support come for him already. Um, this horse is so frustrating. He's a little bit tripless, right? But he is—he's sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place because he's not quite good enough at the top table. Um, and then when he when he sort of drops down into like listed company, he always bumps into one that's improving. Now, this Zachariah could be improving, but I'm just not honestly convinced about him over the trip at all. Uh, and I thought he him dropping back to a mile five would be interesting. He's been running over two miles in some you know some decent company. 
the way you traveled at Goodwood would suggest you want to drop him back and trip. But that can be a little bit of a red herring because he has done that before over the short trip before and away. Um, but I think the smaller field is going to help him because he does tend to be held up at the rear of the field. Now, normally that wouldn't be a positive in a smaller field because someone like Outbox might just be able to dictate the race here and, and win it off the front end. But what I mean by that is that he's not going to be so detached from the field and he's going to be in with a, a chance at least rather than having to make up so much ground against better horses in better company. So for that reason, away he goes, gets one last vote because this is one of the better opportunities that he's had in a, in a, in a long while. I mean, it was Group 1 company last time. It was the Hardwick Stakes at Royal Ascot the time before that. It was the Evil before that. Um, so there, this is much calmer waters for him. So hopefully he can get the job done here. Absolutely. Andrew, Andrew what do you reckon? This is total crap, isn't it? It's a veterans group three. I mean, you, you take out the um, hard to win with Zachariah, uh, who I share Daryl's reservations about, and, and you're left with a whole load of sort of you know, six and seven year olds. And yeah. I thought away he goes might be the one, but he hasn't won for a couple of years. And you know, I'll, I'll make him the, the um, you know the token selection. But my God, this is awful. Uh, I kept thinking Universal Order was going to sort of bounce back to some of his consistent form where he used to finish second or third in pretty much every single race he ran in below Group 1 company. He used to be another one that you could just put in to finish second to the field in exactors and make a, pr a good profit with. But he perhaps isn't the quite, quite the same horse in three runs this season since he returned from injury. Very disappointing last time out. So I'm a bit um, dubious about uh, Universal Order at the moment. So yeah, I'll go with the way he goes, but... What a pile of rubbish. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, really. Um, I think moving on very, very swiftly. Um, this is the race that, you know, it's the highlight race at, uh, at Ripon. Only attracted 15 of the 20 runners. Again, sign of the times, unfortunately. This is the William Hill Great St. Wilfred Handicap. Um, Daryl, I know you're disappointed with the, with the field size, but what, what, what do you make of this? Yeah, I am disappointed in the field size, but still, I've, I've still got a short list of bloody four. <laughs> um, <laughs> just another bottle is 15 pounds higher than winning this race last year. Right? But this horse is free for free, Ripper, and he just loves it here. He, he, he disappointed in the, in the Stewards Cup last time out, but he's bounced back from a poor effort before. He's he's off a, he's off a rate of 105, man. He's, he's going to give a good bit of weight away, really. But... He's just got absolute optimum conditions. Now, I, I've, I've gone back through this race over the years, and, and I've always been an advocate. I used to love, I used to absolutely love Sylvester de Souza at this track because, especially when he was drawn high, so you just get on that round, it'd just be very hard to pass. That's always been the case at Ripon. If you're drawn high and you can get on that round, you're on the front end of the pace, you, you normally go very close. And if you look at the last six winners of this race, right, they've all been drawn high in double figures, yeah, and they've all been described as very prominent or making the run in. So I, I, I don't want to hold up horse here, especially at Ribbon, where they split into two groups usually. Those drawn low will go to the far side. Those drawn high will stay here. That's why it can be a bit of a death sentence to be in the in the middle. And I was hoping Al Simo was one of the horses. I was hoping he was going to be drawn high um, because he would be just the type to, to keep on side for this. But I've had to let him go. I thought Misty Gray was very interesting. Uh, but is a better horse on the all-weather, and I'm not entirely sure that Mr. Gray loves a straight track. I think the horse likes pinging around a bend. Um, Emperor Spirit was interesting, but then that tied in with just another bottle where just another bottle beat that horse very comfortably 
a couple of starts back uh, of three pounds lower. Uh, I thought Just Another Bottle had everything in his favour. Snash is the one that's annoying me um, because he's drawn well, store 14, exactly what I'd like. He's, I'm hoping, I don't know if he's going to be ridden promptly or not. That's my issue. Sometimes you can just drop into the rear of midfield and try and come late. That would be an issue. But he's a four-year-old on an upward curve who's pretty unexposed over six furlongs. He's won two of his last three starts. The other one came over seven, which he, he sort of um, ran okay, but six is where he's really progressing. Um, so I was struggling with him or just another bottle, and I could not have the winner probably between the two of them. But I do like the case you can make for both of those. Mm, nice. Nice case for a couple of those. And you've touched on my selection for the race, which is Emperor Spirit and... Hated it at Chelmsford, racing wide, never the way to go there. Um, and this would be much, much more of his street. 16 to 1, that'll be a small each way place for me. He's got a half decent draw as well, as, as Daryl alluded to. Andrew, how about yourself? Yeah, I think um, there's going to be a pace burn up here. And I know Ripon traditionally favours prominent races, but you've it, it's a weird old race because you've got hyper focus stall seven, Al Simo draw eight. Where are they going to go from those uh, no man's land, you know, draws uh, towards the near side? Try and get across, stay straight down the middle, or, or go far side. Um, I think they're more likely to come near side. It's a shame we haven't got a consolation race, you know, with a maximum field to give us a bit of a draw clue. Yeah. Um, so of those drawn high, I'm I'm going to agree with Misty Gray is is an all weather performer ideally, although. Sometimes with horses who seem better going left-handed, they need a rail to the left. They can win or run well on straight tracks. You know, Catchy was a bit like that when he won at Goodwood. He had a rail to his left, and he did run well. You know, the likes of Ascot when he came across to the near side. Um, Snash two from two of the cheap pieces over this trip. So yeah, certainly wouldn't put you off that one. Um, one of Daryl's picks. Tim Easterby's got a good record in this race over the years, although he does throw a lot of darts at the board. Emperor Spirit, I wasn't so keen on because of this sort of all weather versus turf angle. The one oh, I've bet two in the race, the one I've bet is a 33 to 1 best price at the time of writing Mark's Choice coming out of Trap 12. Now, uh, he's a real course expert. Uh, used to be trained by Sam England. He's in the same ownership. He's gone to Adrian Keatley. I'm not sure what the story is, whether there's been a falling out or, or whether it's just a change of scenery or, you know, uh, he's wearing a first time visor. So maybe. Uh, previous trainer didn't want to put that on i don't know i'm just speculating but this horse has had more um uh, more wind operations and i've had hot dinners and as you can tell i've had quite a few hot dinners and um he has won twice first time back after wind surgery previously um he tends to come from a little further off the pace but he'll just tuck in behind those front runners and if you do get misty gray emperor spirit um just another bottle al simo hyper focus all trying to sort of make the running down the near side um, again, we've got five places and six places with some firms. You know, you're not, you're not, you know, the, the winner might go and make all, but, you know, um, a lot of those front runners are going to drop away. And if, if you're backing each way, I mean, I'll probably back six, well, I'll back five or six each way in this race. And uh, I'll be looking for hold up horses to pick up the pieces. Um, but certainly Mark's Choice is one of them. Um, and the other one I was semi interested in was uh, Indian Creek, who's drawn in stall two. Now, Indian Creek. Um, is a small field horse and although this isn't a small field obviously he is likely to be one of only like maybe two three or four probably or go far side um 
you know, given the bias on the round course to that rail on the far side, maybe maybe it'll be quicker by the stand side. We don't know. We're guessing. We've seen it, seen it switch from meeting to meeting at Ripon over the years. What they're going to do with the water, and they're going to go to chuck too much on the on the near side rail. Uh, we've seen that in the past as well. So he's worth a speculative interest around about twenties, twenty fives, um, because he you know he could be the one with the run of the race up that far side rail. And um, you know it's worth taking the chance at uh, at a big price. So yeah, Indian Creek marks choice for me. Lovely stuff. So two big prices from Andrew there. Uh, make sure you check with your bookmaker and get as many places as you can. Um, those races some offering six and seven, um, and that moves us neatly on to the Betvictor handicap. This is at three o'clock, and uh, we'll go over to Daryl. Yeah, this one I'm hoping to make the money this week, um, and that's with uh, five thousand to one in this uh, in this in this uh, race uh he was 10 to 1 during the week he had two entries doncaster and here they've come here um which i'm happy about i don't know if i'd have fancy him as much at uh at doncaster but his latest run was in first time cheap pieces at salisbury um and it was a small free runner field he was held up at the rear of the field it was a stop start gallop um steady gallop and he had to switch wide around both Run to Freedom, who's rated 110, and Royal Commando, who's rated 104. Um, and he had to switch wide, and he finished really, really strongly. That is the first time I've seen him hit the line very hard um, since his promising two-year-old campaign. And that was a conditions race. Um, he was level weights with Royal Commando, like I say he's rated 104, and he was receiving six pounds from, from Run to Freedom. But the race just didn't really pan out too well for him. Um, I think he's never really had the pace for six furlongs. And stepping up in trip today to seven, I think is, is almost certainly going to suit. The cheek pieces remain on, so they will need to sort of work again. Um, and I think this horse, who had two runs which were no-shows prior to that on the back of a gilding operation, is finally going to start to deliver his promise. Now, we recorded an RPI of 104 at Salisbury. Um, he's been left on the same rating of, uh, of, of 93. He's into a handicap, quickly into a handicap here. And I think he's just better than these horses, in, in all honesty, if he's putting his best foot forward. Now, he returns to Newbury for the first time since he finished second to Al Kumate in the Mill Reef here, three quarters of 11 second, which was a cracking run, uh, recording an RPI of 112 then. Um, so if he is back on his game, then he could be very well handicapped and uh, he could be very, very dangerous. I think fast ground is the key to him as well. Um, his best performances have come um, on, on, quick, on a quick surface. Uh, and I just think his horse is just about to hit form right now. And uh, I think the cheap pieces have just brought that little bit of spark back to him. So hopefully him, 5,000 to 1 will win. Um, just quick to quickly touch on... In just uh, because of fear of missing out. Uh, documenting is, is the big outsider here, and he, and he really shouldn't be the big outsider at 16 to 1. Um, if that's the case, I'm probably going to have a little saver on him as well. Not because of my lack of confidence in the 5,000 to 1, just because he's the wrong price, really. He was only beaten one in quarter lemons behind Fresh at, uh, at Ascot and a moment in Shandon. He stayed on really strongly. That form, in terms of handicapping, is, is extremely strong. And uh, I don't want to be critical of, of some of these... Uh, some of these apprentice jockeys because they're learning the trade, but a better jockey would have won on him at York when I when I tipped him up. Um, he would have won on him, and he was only beaten three lengths as well by Inver Park uh, at the Royal Meeting in the Buckingham Palace a time before that. This is much calmer water for him. Look, he's not thrown in on his handicap mark, but he will give his running, and if he gives his running, he has done the last couple of times in those big field handicaps. You know, he he could be a bit of value at sixteen to one, but five thousand one will be the selection. 
a selection and that that sounded like Daryl's nap voice that you were doing there with that. Yeah, yeah, it, it is my nap. But I mean, I, I, I hope I, it's not a Naposaurus Rex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, do you know what? During the week, I was thinking oh, I'm gonna have a load, load. I'm gonna have good whack on this. Um, but you know, there are other horses in the field like Gisborne. He loves it here at, at, at yeah. Newbury. At Newbury, and he did one on quite strongly at uh, a good one. It was quite eye catching. So he's obviously in in good form. Naposaurus Rex is going to come when they're towering over everything else, really. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping five thousand to one is, is going to get the job done here today. He's, he's much better than ninety three. Come on, he is. Lovely, love it. Um, I'm going to quickly put up Dance Fever here. Um, no chance. No chance. <laughs> no chance. He says. Well, we'll see you next week. But um, I thought he was staying on really well at Goodwood in a messy race. Um, I thought this would be much easier much more simpler task than that and um yeah I'm, i'll be i'll be back here each way at the prices and what say you andrew i thought this was a very interesting race because of five thousand to one because he was the first horse that i drew a thick line through and thought well that can't win because he's a complete pick and um he's had 14 runs in his career he's won once on newcastle's all weather when he was two to one on the time of that salisbury race was pedestrian last time the juveniles over course and distance have beat them early on even the class six amateur riders race over a mile you know, at the start of the cart. They run quicker per furlong than uh, than those donkeys that were struggling to win races between them in that three-runner contest. I think it's an awful price. Um, Gisborne, um, he, he loves Newbury, as Daryl said. He's had four, three runs here. Uh, a fourth on his race called Debbie when he ran green, beating less than two lengths and two wins. Up in trip, he ran well at Goodwood. Um, you know, um, keep on into second behind. I'm a gambler, ruining my exactor and trifecta in the process. The git, um, so yeah, he, he could run well, but you know, his chances covered in his price of five to two. Dance fever, get you know, given uh, Clive Cox has won this race for the last two years. I thought he had um, a, a ch you know, a chance. He hasn't lost 11 in a row, which is a worry, um, uh, but he, all his wins have come in smallish fields. I, I thought he's got to be there or thereabouts. Uh, the one I'm going to put up was Abel Kane, one that I did throw a, a speculative small bet out in the Stewards' Cup. He completely bombed his chance out that day by you know, playing up in the stalls and rearing up and just never at the races. Uh, and he won over seven and a half furlongs at Foss last, so the last time he's gone beyond a sprint trip. Uh, he's likely to make the running as well. And again, we've got seven runners, a race that traditionally favours front runners. Um, you know, they could crawl here. I mean, documenting's a horse I've loved over the years, but... He needs them to go like the clappers, so I don't think he's going to be, you know, have, have the race run to suit. United fronts a bit of a sort of um, fly in the ointment in terms of what they do tactically, usually ridden patiently. But given he's, you know, um, trained by Mick Appleby, he often switches tactics when he can see that there's not a lot of pace in the race. Um, but I thought they might just let Abel Kane go from the front here, and I was quite happy to back him at twelve to one or thereabouts. Some firms are offering each way three places on this race even though there's seven runners. Now, that might be a good angle as well with Dan's fever, given his consistent profile. Lovely stuff. Um, plenty of strong and different opinions on that race. And uh, we, we, we go now to the new market, which is the 318, the Grey Horse Handicap. It's class four over six furlongs. Um, um, Andrew, back to you. Yeah, Belton race this. This is a, a meeting I normally try and attend. Um, you know, maybe there can be like sort of 15, 16 Grey Horses uh, milling around the, uh, the paddock. Not so many this year, as uh, is uh, we've come to expect, given the weather and the current state of uh, of racing. Uh, one I one I liked, um, hard to win with, but was second in the race last year off a three pound high mark. That's Wentworth Falls. Now he ran in Good Earth's um, York race last time out, twenty runner six furlong handicap, where 
you know, something like the first eight or nine home were drawn in single figures. And you look at the horses who were drawn uh, high that day, um, a couple of them have come out and, um, and won since. And, um, you know, he was, I think, fourth best of those who were... Um, uh, came from uh, came from the high draws, so yeah, I thought uh, he'd run a good race. Of the rest of them, Lord Rapscallion's a complete hound, um, but he might finish second as he often does. Mister Bluebird could get a soft ground, but uh, he's going to get a soft ground or a soft lead on. Uh, oh, sorry, could get a soft lead, but on ground that's too quick for him. Um, Vero Eagle was the other one I wanted to back as well as Wentworth Falls. Uh, he was a big eye catch around the inside at Chester a couple of runs ago when you couldn't win around the inner. Uh, I bet him at Haydock on the strength of that next time. Right? He's disappointed. But they've chucked the visor on him. And he's uh, his sire, Free Eagles, done well with his progeny in the first time visor. Five from 17 on the flat for a profit of £18.75. So I just thought the headgear going on for the first time, Vero Eagle, uh, could be the one to beat um, Wentworth Falls into second again this time. So it's a yeah, interesting little race. But again, Wentworth Falls, a bit like um, single I mentioned earlier, one of these horses that you kind of want to back to finish second to the field in exactors or find a bookmaker offering prices on horses to finish exactly second. So I can see him doing that again. Lovely stuff. How about you, Dan? Yeah, I've got, no, I've got no strong opinion on this one, Rob. Um, I do like the race just as a visual standpoint, but uh, Wentworth Falls is a horse that does go well here. I don't think he's been beaten less than two, le- uh, more than two lengths on his runs on the July course. He's he's a horse that you just write off any other run other than at Doncaster or, or here at Newmarket. So it, he's going to go well, but he is vulnerable to something taking a little bit of a step forward. I thought the interesting move for, for Lord Ratscallion was dropping back to six furlongs, and he is into a class four for the first time in Britain. Um, so he could go well. He's turned out nine days later. This is a bit calmer waters than what he's been used to. And it's just, it's just one of those horses that can be a bit too free as well. It doesn't really see out the seven furlongs on many occasions unless he's getting a, a steadily run affair. Um, I'm, I thought they might just be quite um, positive with him and uh, go forward, but I, I just couldn't find an angle into a bet, and I, did, I couldn't see no, I couldn't see no prices before we come on air. Uh, so I didn't really come down on anything, Rob. To be honest. Lovely stuff. No, no strong opinion for myself either. And then um, we finish up with our last race. Um, a lovely bit of Group Two action. It's the Hungerford Stakes over at Newbury, over Selman Furlongs. Um, yeah, I'll pass it back to you, Daryl. Yeah, this is good. Um, I expected Chindit to go to the Sovereign. Well, I didn't expect him. He had an entry into the Sovereign Stakes earlier in the week. Uh, they've decided not to go there and come here, um, which is probably the right move. The interesting. Thing from the Richard Hannon point of view is that they put Happy Romance in here as well, yeah. which is I don't know if that's going to be a positive for Chindit's chances or not. Um, but the drop back to seven furlongs is, is I think is a positive overall. I was I was up and narrowing whether it was during the week for Chindit when we've come back to seven seven furlongs, but he's just he hasn't really been hitting the line over a mile. Um, not not hard anyway. And uh, I, I think coming back to coming back to seven furlongs is a positive move. Look, he's bumped into Baye three out of his four last four runs and. When he didn't, he, he won. He beat Mouda Sarbeck. It was a strong stand performance at Ascot. Although when he was after the line, he was stopping quite quickly. So I do think he's a horse that needs a very strong pace and he's a strong finisher over a seven furlong trip. I would write off anything he's done in his career at Newmarket because he just doesn't handle the course there. Um, but other than that, outside of uh, outside of Group One company, he's got a pretty good record. Um, I would also. Uh, forgive his uh, his Group Two start, which came at the back end of last year, which was again at Newmarket behind House of Howe when the race just wasn't run to suit him. But a lot of these are stepping up in trip, and I think 
that is some of them are going to go off too hard and i think you're going to need a strong start at this trip to win this race today uh so i think chinda is, is should, i think he should be favorite i'm very surprised he's a nine to two shot i genuinely thought he would be more like a five to two and then pushing shorter on the day in all honesty he, he has he's got a pogo held in my opinion last year they met in a celebration mile at goodwood um and he was chinned it was checked in his run when pogo was making all the running uh, he had to drop three or four lengths off and he was coming back at pogo really strongly at the line and so i just think he's a superior animal um and i'm not entirely convinced a lot of these are up to this level tibber flow is, is going to be well supported haggis won this race last year but he did catch the eye a little bit ascot and commonwealth cup running on but i just I just don't I just I'm not overly convinced by him in all honesty. And he needs to take a step forward to win this to come up to Chindit's level. So I was going through the race and I was thinking, well, who is the biggest danger to Chindit? And I I mean, probably Pogo if he gets a, a freebie on the front end or something. I don't see what's going to improve really for going up from six furlongs to, to seven in this field. Um so Chindit, I think he has to be the bet, doesn't he? He has to be. Does he undo? Yeah, he's had eight runs in his career below Group 1 companies, won six of them, finished third and fourth in the others. So, uh, And again, he, he tends to race near the front end, which is what you usually need on the straight course at Newbury. Pogo will make running, you thought. I did get some stick when he run, uh, won on his penultimate stocks. I thought he was flattered by his Haydock win the time before when um, racing on the inside of the track. He's followed that up with a good effort at Glorious Goodwood. But I think there might just be a little bit more pace pressure this time. I think you know, Pogo will lead Chindorf. Uh, sit in second and Chindit will be able to use his stamina to sort of overhaul him in the closing stages. The other one I like is Double or Bubble for Chris Wall. I did put this one up at a massive price in the Platinum Jubilee at Royal Ascot and uh, although he was only the um, uh, 11th of 24 in that race, he was only beaten three and a bit lengths behind Naval Crown. He's then gone to uh, the July Cup at Newmarket, finished fifth of 13 at 28 to one behind uh, Alcohol Free. Now, back up to seven furlongs, fast ground is exactly what he wants. You look at his record, uh, below group company, seven furlongs or shorter, good or faster ground, uh, eight runs, five wins and three seconds. So uh, if, if they do go hard up front, you know, and if, if you're back in double or bubble, do it each way and, you know, hope that the likes of sort of Chindit Pogo, Dubai Poet perhaps, do go a little bit quicker than maybe ideally and set it up for one who's ridden a bit more chilly. Um, but yeah, I thought double or bubble showed a great chance. And there are some firms offering four places, but as you'd expect, they're sort of pricing uh, defensively six to one, 13 to two, as opposed to the 15 to two available with one firm. So it's, it's one of those ones, you know, if you take 15 to two each way, three places, she'll finish fourth. So, uh, and she has had many of these in, in, in behind her before. So it's surprising she's probably as big as 15 to two. Yeah. And, you know, Chris Wall's going well at the moment as well. It was a cracking race, and you know, after, after some of the dross that served up his televised spare earlier in the day, this is uh, this is a lot more like it. Well, you both really took the wind out of my sails here because I was I was going to nap side the flow, um, coming back down to this levels. One four out of six, three year old still improving. Um, three year olds don't have a bad record. It's the same jockey trainer as last last uh, year in Sacred, but I'm not as confident now. So I'll put it. I'll put him up. But he's not going to be my nap now. I have to find something else. So uh, yeah, cheers for that, lads. Okay. Um, well, means... I thought he was priced up defensively based on his trainer rather than what yeah. he achieved on the track. I wasn't totally sure about Storm One either. Been a little bit exposed towards that far side in the field of ten. We've seen the races sort of develop centre to stand side more at Newbury this season. Yeah. So I just thought 
yeah, it shouldn't be three to one. It'd be, it's probably a sort of four to one, nine or two, the field race, really. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's that's fair enough. Um, which, which moves us on to any other selections, Lance. Have you got, have you got anything, uh, Daryl, for uh, anyone else? Uh, I thought air to air was interesting at Doncaster in the 1548. Um, this horse has performed incredibly well the last twice this horse has come there. Uh, it's got a seven pound claimer on. Um, which normally I don't really like when they do that and a horse got ideal conditions, but this seven pound claimer is actually fairly useful. Uh, so depending on price, that horse seven oh, it's not two forty eight, two forty one. Um is it no three forty eight. Three forty eight, sorry, I've wrote it down wrong. Um yeah, depending on price, uh, the attorney's in there, so he should he should probably I think he's ten to three. He's, yeah, there you go. I, I think it's a cracking price. If ten I think ten to three or bigger hit cracking price to be honest. That's it, Rob. <laughs> and how about you? Come back. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, Newbury, the 445, the amateur riders race, frontispiece for Amanda Perra. There's a real course expert, useless pretty much anywhere else. Uh, didn't run badly and defeat Doncaster, uh, Doncaster last time out. Coming back to his beloved Newbury, could see him bounce back. Uh, air to air, like Daryl, uh, is one I like. Uh, I tipped him up in racing and football outlook on Tuesday. He ran in um, uh, the international stakes at Ascot last time behind Fresh. He was one of those who was drawn high and uh, you know was up against the bias. Uh, um, you look at um, uh, Lion Tower Stall 18s has come out of that race and won since. And uh, air to air was only a couple of places and about half a length behind that one. So uh, yeah, air to air and frontispiece, my two others at the moment. Apologies, there. I think I had a little, uh, little bit of interference. Um... Let's get your naps, gents. Go on, Andrew, you go first. Um, I'm going to go Mark's choice in the gunshot wound, the GSW, the Great St. Wilfred. I think Chindit is, is, is far too big of a price in the Hungerford Stakes. Okay. Um, oh God, you know what? I'm just going to go for victory dance, odds on. Um, in the 155 Denford stakes. And um, normally well, that Rob, you, you, you do realize there is a special hat to wear if you nap an old gun shot that gets beat. You'll have to wear it next week. <laughs> yes, well, I imagine that will be, be the first time I've napped an odds on shot and it's lost. So um, I'll, I'll wear it with pride. Um, now, normally that would be it. Um, but we're going to give you a little bit extra this afternoon. Um, I've asked the lads to prepare us a little tip for York earlier on in the week. Um, Andrew, uh, what's your nap or what's your tip for the Ebor Festival next week? Um, I'll go go for Daryl first because I completely forgot that you asked us to do that and I haven't done it. So... <laughs> <laughs> Daryl, have you remembered? Uh, it's, yeah, it's not a nap, it is a tip, but <clears throat> I'm hoping... I'm hoping that Roger Verin has played a, played a blinder. It's in a Clipper Logistics handicap um, on Wednesday. On the, uh, you'll have to find out what day that is, Rob. Um, Clipper Logistics handicap, horse called Bashosh. Now, he runs tomorrow, um, and I'm hoping that they're uh, going to get a penalty to run next week to make sure that he gets in because he's number 53. Um, and I think that this has been a plan for a while because. They have had him entered up so many times in so many different places. This horse is really well handicapped, in my opinion. Um, I thought he ran a stormer uh, 
63 days ago. Now, it's a slight concern he's been off 63 days, but I do think they've been waiting for this York meeting. He ran a stormer on the all-weather behind Caribano as a subsequent winner. But if you go and watch that race, Cameron Noble just took him about three or four wide and just tried to inject loads of pace into the race, and he was just caught late. That was over a mile at Chelmsford. But if you go back and look at some of the form he had from last year, like giving Cela Rossa tons of weight, who's now rated, what, 105, 100 and something like that. He's off a mark of 89. There's lots of bits and pieces in his form that's worked out really well everywhere you look. That suggests this horse is much better than a mark of 89. So I'm hoping tomorrow that he will win, and then I'm hoping they'll probably get a penalty um, and go next week because he's already entered. So he'd have to run under a penalty rather than be reassessed. So Bashosh in a clip of logistics. Lovely, really like that. Um, now, while Andrew does his, does his, yeah, own, no, my, I mean, my, mine's, what, mine's one that I missed the boat on when I was sort of tipped this one has been aimed at the Nunthorpe, and that's Royal Acclaim for um, the James Tate Yard. I think he's about, she's about 13 to 8, I should say, she's three year old filly because she's three for the three. She was so impressive last time out in that listed race. Uh, over course and distance, I know she only beat Mon Damage into second, but you know, Mon Damage is capable on his day, and he does sometimes come from uh, off the pace to finish second in, in races he can't win. And uh, it's all systems. Powell was go. in that race, wasn't he? Wasn't Sorry? she? Winter Power was in that race as well, wasn't she? Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, was only was only sixth after making the running. So yeah. Yeah, it's going to have the race run to suit again. They're going to go like the absolute clappers. We we know how important York form is, particularly in this race. We've seen time and time again, so you know, horses who haven't been here or haven't won here disappoint. So I, I thought she was absolutely rock solid. And uh, though it's not nor normally the price I play at. Uh, I'll certainly be getting involved next week. Yeah, can't disagree with that. The way uh, James Tate's talking about that horse. Um, I'll finish by putting up Kinter for George Bowie in the Lowther. Um, really keen to take on Dramatised. I thought former Ascot isn't working out brilliantly. She was really eye-catching in the Princess Margaret, uh, chasing home the zoo. She had a really good attitude staying on. Um, she's 16 to 1, the zoo's 9 to 2, and I thought that would do for a strong each-way play for me. Um, and that finishes finishes off. And uh, I'd just like to say thanks to Andrew and Daryl for uh, all their contributions this afternoon. And um, thank you for watching. Good luck with all your bets next. Uh, good luck with all your bets this weekend. And we'll see you next week for the Skybet Skybet Ebor at York.